You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, and my co-host, Naz Marchese, is taking the all-star break off. Couldn't make it in this morning. Uh, to all our listeners, if you're about to get on the road this morning, be careful. Uh, uh, it is it is a pretty, pretty brutal drive out there this morning. There's a lot of ice underneath that snow cover. I uh, had to use my considerable driving skills to navigate my way down here this morning. I've seen, I had to see roads. I was diverted onto roads I didn't even know existed in this city. Uh, just to give you a flavor, uh, I had to pass by Dufferin and Davenport this morning, and it was intersection was blocked off. TTC bus did a 180 going down that hill and ended up, uh, looked like taking out a hydro pole. So uh, they're out there. The snow infantry's out there. They're going to try and clean this thing up. But uh, as of uh, as of right now, it is it is pretty dangerous out there. So please be careful. Uh, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't a great drive. Anyways, I'm pleased to. Uh, uh, let everyone know in studio joining us uh, this morning, friends of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, uh, managed to navigate their way in, former Raptors coach Butch Carter and uh, former Washington Capital Toronto Maple Leaf, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Butch, good morning, sir. Happy New Year to everybody. <laughs> good, good, Frank. <laughs> I think we're wasting a show already. Nice to see you. <laughs> these, 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 the, 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 we're looking the, the, at each other here like, okay, boys, when do we get started? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we all got here a little bit late this morning, and uh, we were ramping up the testosterone level uh, just before the show started. So, uh, it's starting with a guys, coffee. Guys, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's 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 get right into it. I got to see if I can uh, uh, calm you two guys down and keep you under control for an hour. That's going to uh, test all of my uh, all of my uh, uh, narrating uh, management skills. And talking about management, there's two words that have crept into the professional sports vocabulary over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, quotation marks load management. Uh, I've been following sports for I don't know. Longer than I can remember my entire 62 years, uh, quite frankly, if not most of it. And uh, uh, can't remember uh, quotation marks load management becoming part of the sports vernacular. And that's that team, that term is being thrown around with respect to the Raptors' Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I know you two guys have different impressions on, uh, on Kawhi. Kawhi. Uh, has been taking back-to-backs off. He's been, uh, t- I think he took four in a row off, or but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, of course, it seems to be an attempt to uh, get Kawhi to the playoffs uh, in tip-top shape. Uh, Butch, uh, with all your analytical skills, first of all, has the term load management ever been used anywhere in, in in sports, professional basketball before? And what's going on with Kawhi? Well, I use a site called Sports Techie, and Sports Techie gives me the latest on what is being created in all sports on the technology side. Um, game prep, uh, player development, 
uh, in arena, and it's pretty kept, kept me pretty much abreast on. There is software units that you can wear that will actually tell the training staff what a player can withstand. And you know, in my day, we used to run the the short side of the Indiana University football stadium for preconditioning. And, you know, you could tell who was in shape by who finished first and who finished last. And the guys who finished last, when they got on the court, they were still last in suicide. So the load, the load part tells them factually what's going on. But, you know, I stated on your show a while ago, it was my belief after looking at the videotape of Kawhi versus the Miami Heat in the NBA Championship Series that he had established himself it definitely by May of, of 2017, when they came back and defeated Houston, he set a record in Game 2 for field goal percentage that only Michael Jordan had beat in 1991, uh, shooting 81% in a game and winning that series. He was injured the first game of the next series in Golden State. But I told you prior on your show that Kawhi is injured. I believe that he has had a traumatic Injury. I believe that, you know, that he's lame in either his hip or his leg. Uh, he is not as explosive. I think what he is doing is a is a miracle. I believe it's based off of um, he's come from a tough environment, a tough background. He's used basketball to excel and achieve. He has a chance to to win no more than 150 million. If he gets the fifth year, it'll be 200 million plus. And I believe he's injured. I said that from the start. I believe that if he was playing here or anywhere else, it would be the same factor. He does not have the ability to play in all the games physically. I want to I want to come back to a point you made, but I want to get Lou involved uh, at this point. Uh, it's a pretty heated discussion before the show, and you know, as, as all our listeners are aware, Lou uh, Lou is an NHL hockey player. Uh, had a had a good career. Played in the NHL for a long period of time. Played with uh, played with some stars. Uh, Lou, you you played in uh, in a different era. You played in the 1980s. Players played injured uh, because that was the culture of the sport. I guarantee it. They didn't have anything called load management in your day. And and when I, I'm not using that that term in a, in a pejorative way, and that's the way the press is using it, and it's managing your asset. Uh, in 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 the way that will maximize his ultimate uh, productivity, but you've got a problem with that. Uh, uh, and you tell me from your perspective, as a former professional athlete for a considerable amount of years, playing injured, you weren't a Gretzky, or you were you weren't a Lemieux, and I'm not saying that to denigrate you because I've always respected the career that you did have. Um, Give me your thoughts. Well, it the, the thing that bothers me nowadays it's these professional athletes are, are treated with a silver spoon in their mouth. I understand the part of it where they're getting paid millions of dollars, and I understand now I'm trying to get hold of what Butch is saying. But in our era, if there was load management, we would take a day off at practice. We wouldn't show up the morning of the game. It's not like we played any different than what basketball players did. Uh, I understand football players play once a week. Uh, baseball players play every single day. Um, 
So the load management that we would have is we would take a day off of practice. Don't even bother showing up, guys. And this is probably in February or March when, when the body really does get tired, just like the dog days of August. Uh, but what I don't understand with Kawhi, but now I do in, in a sense, is that how does a player take four games off? Like we're talking almost a week um, in any sport at all. Like hockey players, their body is as demanding as basketball players. Um because it's a little bit more physical. And I'm talking only, only about the era that, that we played in, where it was a lot more physical than, than it is right now. Uh, but we still came to play. Injured or, or otherwise, we still came to play. Now, the other end of it is Kawhi might be taking time off, or any other basketball player or any professional athlete might be taking time off because he sees the fruit at the end of the, of the tree there, a big contract. Well, for this, the thing I want to help you with is the one thing you have to remember is that Kawhi and these kids get to get these guaranteed contracts because of the pain that the Julia Servings, the Bill Russells, I played in the 80s also. I took the shot in the knee when my knee swelled, you know, drained my knee so I could play. You know, I understand exactly, but I also understand that I have full health care coverage in the U.S. because these players pay for it and any former player that played, and the benefits that they're receiving, the leverage that the, the, this new partnership that they have with the owners is entirely based off the backs of players like yourself and myself and players who were better than me and played a lot longer. Because every business needs to go from not so good to hopefully the good to the best. And maybe hockey is 10 years now behind basketball because – you know, basketball right now has unbelievable revenues on digital revenues. China, you know, they just they've just done a really good job, and the revenues abound from where you used to own the team and rent the arena to now you own the whole sports complex, and so that's created a whole new partnership for the players and the player, the basketball, the NBA players. You know, like my brother Chris says, how do, how, how do they pay twelve guys eighty million and we've got fifty four and we're getting sixty five million? You know, so it's the leverage has changed based off the backs of of the guys like you that that played, and I think you 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 have to you have to remember that. And I don't I don't account it being right for my day, but I count it being right for them. I think they deserve to have uh, guaranteed contracts. Then now they don't have to hide when they're doing stupid stuff, you know. And there's no you know false vision of who the guy is on the ice and who he is off the ice. And I and I uh, Frank Ziccarelli wrote an article about the same thing, saying you know he should have played, and and that that that's wrong because guys paid a price. So these guys, if they're hurt, they do not have to play, and they can partner with the team to make a better decision. Let me throw this out to um, <clears throat> to you two guys. Uh, this is sort of it's sort of it's sort of a subset of a different um, a different issue, uh, and I want to know how that how. This particular load management issue with Kawhi uh, melds into another issue that's always been an issue in professional sports, which is special treatment for your stars. Uh, Lou, you'll have to acknowledge, uh, even in your day in Butch and even your day, and Kawhi, Kawhi's, Kawhi's your franchise guy. He's the guy who's brought in to bring you to the promised land. 
I think we're naive if we don't think there's going to be special rules for him. There always has been special rules for the greats of the game. The Gretzkys, the Lemieux, the Lafleurs. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they wouldn't load management the 10th guy on the bench. They're not going to do that. They're going to do it with Kawhi because they think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Talk to me about how special rules for certain players on a team affects the team. Well, obviously, there are special rules because I played with individuals that, that got those special rules back then. We're talking about the Rod Langways, we're talking about the Scott Stevens, we're talking about the Kevin Hatchers and Larry Murphys and, and all of that. Is that we were, when, when the dog days came and we, we knew that we had uh, back to back games, certain guys would take days off. We wouldn't have to, have to get up in the morning uh, and show up for the uh, for the, uh, the optional skate. Us, as as we call it, plumbers back then, we showed up no matter what because we <laughs> loved the game. And I don't know even know if they gave us a day off whether we, we probably show up anyways. You're worried about your job. Well, you're right. Okay. I'm worried about my job because here I am. I'm a third or fourth liner. I don't show up. I don't have a good game that night. Well, what the hell? You, you know, you didn't, you didn't come to the morning skate. Like, who do you think you are? There's always, you always have to look over your shoulder for a kid coming up in the minors or something that you do wrong. And that's the way I played most of my career. I always had to look over my shoulder. I had to look at who was drafted, what round, where were they coming in from, a free agent that they were signing, knowing that who I was up against. And I couldn't show them that, well, I'm here for good, but I'm not going to take a day off to, to more or less... I played as hard as the other guys did. My body took as much abuse as those guys did. How'd you feel? What'd you feel like when Langway got... I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it because because there was never a game off. There was always the skate off. If we played back-to-back, we had a couple of days off. Okay, Rod, stay home. Don't even bother coming to the rink. Rod would be there. Let let me tell you the difference. And and this just popped into my mind. Butch, and and, and then I want you to comment on it. You know, even, you know... Maybe, you know, you look back in, in the hockey context, and I, you know, I personally don't have any problem with this, with, with this Kawhi load management and whatever, I, you, know, I, you know, because it seems, like the, it seems like the Raptors are a partner in, that, in those decisions. Not that they're encouraging him. I think they're supportive. I, I, think, I think the nights that Kawhi takes off, it seems to me that it's a partnership between the Raptors staff and Kawhi, and, 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 they're, and they're working together and managing a situation. It's not an adversarial situation, from what I can tell. And then you compare that to the Eric Lindro situation back in the 90s with the Philadelphia Flyers. And, you know, he's going to his own doctor. He doesn't want to play. And Bobby Clark's got a problem with that. And, you know, he probably went into games that he shouldn't have been playing in. And he probably took five, five years off his, off his career because of this culture that... No, I got to get back out there, and you know, you know, just the distinction between how they manage Eric Lindros's career, and 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 this is Kawhi. It's not concussion related, but you know, the culture's different now. Well, I just like I said, I, I think the until people understand that the guy sitting on the on the other side of the microphone at the end to my right, he's just as responsible for allowing Kawhi. The older guys who paid the price, they paid a personal price. They paid. An, they were in an unfair partnership, right? He, the most important thing I did the, every morning when I was in the league was read transactions. 
to see who got waived. You know who got? I mean, who got cut? Who was injured? It was the mo- for six years. You're looking at transactions, and I had a guaranteed deal when, at the end. But I'm still looking at transactions because as a rookie with the Lakers, you know there's 15 guys, and you know 11 of them are staying. So, so you got the rest of the guys fighting for two spots, and you know it's. But but this part, this new partnership that's at least in basketball is, you know, I, I think it's directly related to uh, all the guys who took shots, played when they weren't supposed to, and in the, the old league. And and I think his question, you know, if he's gonna if he's gonna sit at home and say, you know, I don't like it, I understand the not liking that part, but he. I need to tell him the reason that these guys are going to have a better future is what we put up with. And a lot of times those old fogies forget that. But for me, it's real that, you know, I'm not ever scared of having to go to the hospital in Canada or the U.S. because they pay for my insurance. That's their, you know, and that's that's a nice thing to have. I want to take you back. Go ahead, Luke, please. Butch, I understand that part of it. It's not that I don't like it. I don't understand it. And to what you were saying, Wally, the owners ran the roost when I played. The players run the roost in every professional sport nowadays. Also, football players are the only negotiation parts where the owners won't give in on guaranteed guaranteed contracts. contracts where if that if that if there isn't one issue that's worth striking for uh, for as long as it takes, I don't understand the NFL players. Yeah, I, and your and your brother played sixteen years. Yeah, and unfortunately, he was a star. Yeah, but again, yeah, like, I, I, explain to me the, why that the, isn't an axe worth falling on for the, the NFL players. Because they have an unlimited supply of talent. American colleges, football programs provide them with an unlimited supply of talent. Is it the problem that the stars are not? Is it the problem that Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees, it, 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 it's, the it's, Pat Mahomes, they won't strike the, for their for the, their brothers? The quarterbacks, is that the problem? The quarterbacks historically would not strike because they know they're on the other side. The quarterbacks are the limited amount of people that are getting guaranteed deals. You know, Mahomes' deal is going to be $200, $240 million. Uh, well, guy. I looked at Casey Kasem. Was it Casey? Who's the quarterback from the the Vikings that just Keenan, signed? Keenan, Eight, yeah. whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah, eighty-five million, all guaranteed. Right now, I looked at Flacco could be looking for another team, and he's making twenty-six million. All these uh, Bortles is making twenty-one million. Yeah, they're 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 in the twenty twenty. 19 to 27 yeah. million dollars. Yeah, I you know, it's we got onto this discussion and it's and it's and it's an, an important one and, and never really thought it through. I just think it's plain wrong. I think it's plain wrong that some players have guaranteed contracts because they have the ability to negotiate them and most of them don't. It's just I, like what do you got a union for? What do you got a players association I, someone, for? Someone someone once told me when I was a very young man that the dumbest NFL owner is smarter than all the rest of the owners combined. In sports, interesting. Anyways, on on I want I want to I want to follow up on on uh, one question uh, about uh, that you you did an analysis on uh, that site you were talking about. I want to follow up with that after the break. But before we go to break, Butch, you had your high school sweater retired. Yeah, they they fired. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you very much. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that ceremony. It was it was just. Um, they have been wanting to retire my number, and there was a little problem in that I wore number 42 
All right, Jackie know, Robinson. Uh, Jackie, I always wore number forty-two. For Jackie Robinson, or just for oh, Butch for, Carter? For, for, for Jackie Robinson, because uh, I didn't really understand the issue with uh, segregation until Martin Luther King died, mm-hmm. and my mom was weeping, you know, uncontrollably in the kitchen. And then she explained to me, and so I basically spent a long time at the library reading every book I could about from. George Washington Carver, Martin Luther King, but also all the explorers. Um, And so for me, 42 was a number I wanted to wear. And it was agreement between me and my grandfather, right? He asked me, you know, I asked him about it. And he said, if you want to do it, but it may require a lot. And so I said I was going to do it. But my senior year, the assistant coach ordered number 43. We got new uniforms. Um, the player of the year in Ohio as a junior, coming back as a senior, he took he didn't order my number forty two, he ordered number forty three for me. And so I refused to allow them to retire my jersey until they retired forty two. They finally two athletic directors later, the young athletic director called me and said, Will you do this? And then the kids that I coached, because I was a high school coach there for a period of time, they called me and said, you know, we want you to come back and do this to kick off. They're having a first-time Martin Luther King Classic, and they wanted me to be retiring my jersey as part of it. So um, my wife and son went down, and we went down, and it was a really nice ceremony. It was it was a nice thing to, nice thing to do. It was the right time to do it, but it was uh, the 42 was important to, important to me, and... Uh, there was nothing I could do about it when I was 17 years old when they told me, you know, well, we didn't order that number. You got to wear number 43. And um, Awesome. So. That, that's great. Uh, high well, school? Name? Where? Cincinnati? Middleton, Middletown, Middletown High School, Middletown, Ohio. What made you go to uh, Indiana? Um, there are a couple of reasons. Uh, me and and did, t- did you wear 42 in Indiana? No, Mike Woodson wore 42. I wore 43 at Indiana. <laughs> okay. okay. So uh, Scott May had worn 42 before we got there. I didn't want to, to wear Scott, Scott May's number. <laughs> but um, real simple. Um, Could have went more places in football than basketball. Um, went to Ohio State. Todd Bell also and I were in, were in the same high school. We go on our visit to Ohio State. Woody Hayes says he didn't think I could play for him, which – Ticked me off. And then I figured out he was doing it strategically to tick me off. But they put us in the last row in the horseshoe on our visit. So I said no there. I want to go to a basketball school. Indiana was graduating uh, five starters, four starters and one bench player. So there was there was plenty of time. And on that same trip, I took my, my uh, youngest son. He'd never seen Assembly Hall. And I took him to the uh, Indiana-Illinois game, 17,000 people. And Assembly Hall is a unique experience. If anyone's got a, you know, arena bucket list on your, there's, I'd have to say you have to go to Kansas, Indiana, and Duke. Those would be the three most unique from, the, from how they're structured. On that note, uh, in the house today, Butch Carter, Lou Franceschetti. It's an Azawali Sports Hour. We'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received this letter. My marriage is in a rut. Can you help us spice things up? Yes. Get the Gourmet Special. Two medium gourmet pizzas for just $24.99. He loves Canadian bacon, so he'll order a deluxe. She can order the Italian, because she loves the hot Italian sausage. Everyone's happy. Pizzaville Stone Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. FM 96.7 and live video streaming www.zoomerradio.ca in studio with me this morning Butch Carter and Lou Franceschetti and we were talking about Kawhi Leonard and load management. I want to get off this topic uh, uh, and move on but before I do that uh, Butch I want you to wrap it up for us in in terms of the Kawhi situation. Uh, You're a former coach um, you know 15, 18 years ago, a player comes to you and says, uh, we got to manage the time off. You saw something in your research that makes you supportive of this decision. What, what are you seeing? What stats are you looking at? Uh, explain all that to us, why this is a good decision. Basically, if you go back uh, prior to the 2016-17 season, uh, the 15-16 season, Kawhi, move from out of nowhere to no worse than the second-best two-way player in the league. In looking at the film against him and LeBron, he ate LeBron's lunch. He is uh, he was an elite athlete that played at 11 feet, 12 feet above the rim on fast breaks. He is not able to do that consistently now. Uh, when the season started, uh, it was very rare that he jump off. he would jump off one leg in the top 15 games of the season, they played at Phoenix. He had two breakaways, and they ran him down. He went off one leg, and he was not available to play the next game. Kawhi's had the ball in his hands a few times. Probably we're up to about four or five uh, with the game on the line. I don't think he's converted one of them yet. Well, Why? It's like I said. You know, it's the toughest part of the team. First, you got a first-year head coach. And he's doing the same thing Casey did when Casey got here. Well, I'll just throw the ball to my best player, right? And 
You know, he's not doing any of the things you see Brad Stevens doing. That, you know, the ball plays best with the unit. All right? So the NBA and the winning team just said, you know, share the ball, share the ball. And then he's in this, he's locked himself into, well, just throw the ball to him. He's not Superman. He's a basketball player. So Lowry's not involved in the play. Green's not involved in the play. None of those guys touched the ball. So it's, it's ISO Joe. So it's it, what I really believe, it's a case of him believing in, you know, I don't want to go in the locker room and people say, well, why didn't Kawhi get the ball? The issue is win the game, right? Win the daggone game. And he's not a former player. He doesn't have a feel for it from a former player's side. So he needs to be better on the X's and O's. And right now, he's not very good on the X's and O's at the end of the game. It's not that they throw in the ball. They always throw in the ball on the right side of the floor, Right. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, I don't scout him, but I watch enough that, okay, he's always on the right side well, of the floor. Well, if you're seeing it, I'm sure the other coaches <laughs> are seeing there's it. There's no question. The players are going to see it. Yeah. So the reality is that Kawhi is a very good player, a dominant player. He's especially dominant in the first and third quarter, which has helped them uh, with having one of the best records in the East. I believe they are the best team in the East, except that they have to play Boston. But right now they're struggling. First-year coach and – you know, he's going the same route Casey went, throw the best guy the ball, and then he'll make me look good. At least if he doesn't make it, then they can't go. When I go in my presser, they say, well, you know, why didn't so-and-so touch the ball? Oh, what's, what's funny about uh, what you just said there, uh, Butch, is that I remember watching Kawhi three years ago. Um, when they knocked, I can't remember who they knocked off in the semifinals and they went into the finals against uh, uh, Golden State. No, they beat – no, they were um, – the night that uh, Kawhi got hurt, they were up, I think, by 20 points. That's correct. And, and, and he got hurt. <clears throat> That's right. And it, it was almost like the balloon just, the air Burst. went out of the balloon. Yeah. I thought that night, the way he played and the way San Antonio, they were going to knock off Golden State. And they were going to beat him. And it's just like everything just... It's been a different world yeah, since that it, injury. Since that injury, it's been a different... You're absolutely right. That's been a different world because Kawhi was as dominating as any... In the, and we're talking LeBron and, yes. and Michael Jordan or Correct. players like that. Yeah, he, he was eating people alive. Uh, it, it's a gift that he, that he had. Uh, part of that gift is injured. I don't know the technicality of exactly what's going on with it. But, you know, when I... When I look at, you know, and think of great athletes through space, when I watch video, that's what I'm looking at. How does it compare against the greatest athletes, right? Like, I don't get caught up in what Dick Vitale. If Dick Vitale's vouching for a player, don't take him. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's giving you the poison, right? Dick's been selling the juice for for 45 years, and I'm not drinking. He's made a lot of money on (laughs) it. You're not fighting. Anyways, guys, since we're laughing, let's move on to to another topic. Uh, Last Sunday, I thought, was one of the more interesting, uh, interesting Sunday afternoons in NFL history. Uh, um, two overtime games uh, in the AFC and NFC championships. I, you know, I can't ever remember. I can't ever remember that happening. I doubt very much that it ever has. Uh, overtime games in and of, of themselves in, in NFL playoffs are very rare, and we got two in the same afternoon, uh, both controversial in their own ways. Um, um, we're in between uh, the, the week off to the Super Bowl. It's going to be the Patriots and the Rams. Uh, shapes up to be an interesting Super Bowl. 
Guys, the big uh, the big story from last Sunday. Uh, two the two big stories are obviously. Um, I don't know. I I can't conceive of how the referees missed that call, but they did. And your thoughts on that? And what do you got to do to beat the Patriots? I mean, they're just. I mean, you got to. You, you know, they're like they're like a vampire. You got to You got to You got to stick I'll, a knife I'll in their I'll bank. Jump in on the Patriots. Go ahead. Uh, Kansas City scores with two minutes. It's stupid. Yeah. Right. They scored too early. Right? Yeah, but that's that's uh, that's not e- that's not that easy to manage, Butch. You, you know, hey, the, the, the way they the scored theory. with two minutes and forty seconds that's, left. That's correct. Yeah. The, the, the right? issue, well, what do you do? You the, just the say, issue. okay, we're just going to, you know, you got to score. We're gonna, no, because yeah. what's going to happen is that New England's got to let you score to get the ball back. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Right. Just let them score. They're going to think about it. All right. Yeah. Re- remember going back to Indianapolis when the Giants. All right. They had to let them score. So you're sitting there with, with two minutes, like on the four-yard line. All right, uh, take it to the two, take it to the one. I, I want you to respond to this, guys. Uh, you know, I, I, I bet against the Patriots, not, not physically bet in terms of real money, but just my, my, my prognostication. I, I, you know, I, I, I bet against them two weeks in a row. I thought they were going to lose to the Chargers. I thought they were going to was pretty confident they were going to lose to the Patriots just because I don't think their defense is that good. Kansas City. Uh, sorry, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Thanks for correcting me. Um, just don't think their defense is that good. Defense was awesome in the first half. Yeah. Um, but if you're Andy Reid, okay, you know, he's not throwing the ball downfield. He's throwing to Edelman on these three-yard passes. He's throwing to his back coming out. Every now and then he's going to find Gronkowski. Right. Ten, you know. So it almost <clears throat> seems to me like the Patriots' offense is limited. You're not getting any. You're not getting any pressure on him. He wasn't even hurried. I know. I, I get the fact that they weren't calling any holding, but if you're Andy Reid, don't you just roll the dice a little bit and throw some blitzes at him, like like. Like you just you let Brady sit back there, and you know he's going to pick you apart if you give him time. He he's got he's got basically, he's not throwing the ball thirty yards downfield. Did he did he just not coach a good game? I just think it starts with this stat: Belichick is seventeen and one against quarterbacks that are twenty five years and younger. So if I but go, Mahomes didn't blow that game. But what I'm saying yeah. is. If that if I know that Belichick is good against young quarterbacks, then I have to do something on the defensive side to help my quarterback, right? Because the the, the reality at the end of the day is Edelman has been doing this now for seven seasons. But Edelman's Six. no Hall of Fame guy. Before him, it was Welker. Then it's Amendola. It's the same player. I, I, I Just to- change the initials in the name. I totally I totally agree. But at the end of the day, under the new rules. The new rules help Brady more than any quarterback. All right, Tom never gets hit. Didn't even hurry him in that the, game. I mean, he, he, go ahead. It's, it's so. It's in, in in my opinion, no one benefited more than the New England Patriots from from the new quarterback rules. And I believe that if you don't rotate your your defensive linemen, because it's always going to be important with New England now more than ever. They're not going to run off and beat the stunt out of you unless you turn it over in special teams. The game's going to be close, and your defensive linemen have to be fresh so they can get to him in the fourth. And historically, those are the Super Bowls that they've lost where the defensive linemen were rotated. They were had eight defensive linemen. Um, 
And but I think it's you know Andy Reid. I sometimes you can win the game. You have two possessions, one possession. I believe Andy blew it when he was down on the four yard line and didn't tell his guys we're going to run the clock and take our chances on one play to get in the end zone. All right, because Tom needed the time to get down the field. It would have it would have forced Belichick to use up his timeouts. It from as far as I'm concerned, it was just horrible time uh, management. Time management. Well, you, you know, ahead, you're, you're right. It's it's just one of those things that one. Tom Brady has always been known to nickel and dime you to death. He, he doesn't got the stars, and that's why they always look for the big receiver, but they never draft them. Anybody coming off the, the waiver wire. The only teams that have ever been successful, um, think of the teams that have been successful against the Patriots in the postseason. The Giants are the classic example. Yeah. The Broncos, when they played in Denver, in that, how do they do it? They rough up Tom Brady. Yeah. They take shots at him after... But they you got to hurry him. You got to get on him, and you got to beat him up. But they also had a quarterback playing for the Broncos that was extremely motivated to beat. Yeah, Tom. yeah. and okay. he was almost as as, yeah. uh, as That's good. That's correct. Uh, with, with but Peyton, you got to if, if you want to beat the Patriots, uh, I think the, you got to be physical. Yeah, with but them. well, you, you if, if you're nickel and diming him, if you're nick, if I'm nickel and diming, how are you going to get to me? Because these are all five, yeah, you know, five, seven, I, ten I, yards you know out and down. I'm, I'm not an NFL coach. Uh, obviously, I got to defer to the greater expertise of these guys. But uh, and also that's why I, they got, I mean, it the, doesn't the, seem like rocket science. You got to figure out a way to get some pressure huh. on well, this well, guy. But, but stay with me, all right? Yeah. The biggest problem they had is New England manages time because they run the football. It's yeah. ninety plays to thirty-four. Yeah. All right, you can't squeeze any more points out of an offense than that. All right. So the issue at the end of the day is that Belichick went in and made a game plan and said, "Okay, we're going to force." It's the them. same game plan every game. I mean, come but, on. But he doesn't. <laughs> he hasn't run the football the last two games. All right, he ran the football. He He's ran, ran the, the football. football. Yeah. He ran the football. Ran yeah. the football, which only makes Brady more effective because they got to put one more guy in a box to get to get the ball yeah. stopped. But time management. When you look at all the things a coach is supposed to do, all right, he gave his Hall of Fame quarterback one shot. To win the game, all right? Coin toss. That's it. <laughs> it's going to be if different. that isn't the craziest rule, if that isn't the craziest rule, why the NFL hasn't gotten around to changing the rule that says basically whoever wins the coin toss wins the game? Well, they did change it. Yes, they did change it. Okay, they did change it. If you scored a field goal, <laughs> That's right. yeah, okay, right? fair the enough. Team, but now you know. Right? So now they got to look at it a different way. <laughs> But now they're going up against the LA Rams. I don't see any, any rational form. reason why the Chiefs shouldn't. It should be the college rule. You know, if one team scores, some teams, you know, the other team's guaranteed to get at least one possession. Each team has to have a possession. So what are you going to put at the forty-five the, yard so line? Listen to do, me. do a, whatever whatever you at, want. Remember, it's 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 professional sports. Okay. All right. All they want is a winner and a loser, and they want it as soon as possible. That goes to I, mean, I got, if, I got if, that if they, part, but don't you want you know do, don't don't you want a fair competition? Listen I, to I me. think it if, should be a fair if, competition. If they wanted fair, yeah. then it would have been pass interference in New Orleans. Uh, okay, let's okay, so let's change let's change. Well, look, okay, perfect well, well, segue. Well, how about perfect the, segue how about the Texas the, A&M game this year? 74-72. Six yeah. different possessions. That's right. And yeah. on the second possession, you got to go for the two-point conversion. God bless them. I think that's a better I think it's a better way of doing it. Anyways, okay, so let's 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 finish our Patriots discussion. Uh we got to go to break shortly then uh, we want to pick up uh Baseball Hall of Fame for the last 5 minutes if we can. Um New Orleans Rams 
Um, I, I don't even know where to start on this discussion other than that is probably the worst call or non-call, non-call in the history of professional football and perhaps in the history of professional sports. Convince me that I'm wrong. There's no convincing here. It was blatant. Uh, I don't know what. How do you uh, miss that? Uh, I don't know what he Butch, was looking at. You, you, you're a coach, okay? Yeah, what do you, you do you, as you, a coach? Yeah. Okay, you're a coach. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if what? there's a basketball parallel to what happened on that call. But how, how many, how many guys in striped shirts you have out on the field? Is there six of them? There's seven of them. Seven of them. Okay. And now I get the part that there's how many? How many of them are legally entitled to make the call? Six. Okay. How? Explain to me. I, I know that we get the benefit of slow motion. Yes. I know we get the benefit of seeing it from five different camera angles. Mm-hmm. But you're on the sidelines. You see that. How can seven officials miss that call? It, what did I see? What did we see that they didn't see? But the way you set it up, it doesn't work that way. When okay. you're a coach, you actually believe that the officials will do most of their job at a critical time. Like in the NBA, you don't expect them to do their job for secondary players, right? And in the game, they're not calling anything, all right? It's rob or be robbed, all right? They're going to suck on their whistle unless someone is, is mugged, and they'd have to be mugged being a playoff team. But they're not calling anything. So the problem with it is that Sean Payton's not expecting not to get a call. He's shocked. Like, what just happened? Right? And the bigger, What, what, what so, did happen? So I'm sitting there laughing because I love Canadian football. <laughs> yeah. And we have a correct – in Canadian yeah. football, we have a chance to correct that error. Yeah. Right? He's sitting there, man. He got nothing else he can throw, nothing else he can say. <laughs> he can get thrown out and really hurt his team. Explain to me. Explain to me what happened. This is what happened. The, 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 the refs must. Somebody must have seen it, and they just, in the in the context of the game situation, they didn't have the stones to call it. No, this is what happened. Peyton calls a brilliant play, fools the Rams' defensive linebacker, who has to run all the way across the field. The kid, when he takes three steps, he knows he can't catch up to the guy and the ball's going to him. He decides he's taking the guy out so he doesn't get a touchdown. Yep. All right? Yep. Live for another day. Yep. Hits him in the head but, but it's at the same it's time. It's a blow to the head, too. <clears throat> but what's going on is you have an official who's running. And officials miss calls because they're in stride and don't get their head turned and see the complete play. All right? So if he's standing, say, at... That explains one. And the other guys didn't have the nerve to overrule the guy that was close by? Clearly. Is that what happened? Clearly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, there's nothing good about it. When you have, when you have 600,000 NFL fans sign a petition that the, they should play, play it over... Well, right? you can't play it over. I understand that. I mean, that, I mean you got you got lawyers filing lawsuits and and all kind. The, I mean, at, at the end the re- of the day, it, it's sports. You, you got to live with it, whether you like it or not. You have to live with it because there's no there's no rule. other alternative. Yeah, but in Canada, it's easy. You know, well, the alternative it. is I, a new rule, but that's not going to help the New Orleans Saints. I had a nephew, Ken Stafford, win a Grey Cup with Edmonton because he yelled at his coach. To throw the damn flag for a receiver, all right, in the Grey Cup, all right? 
it probably cost him a bad relationship with his head coach. But he won him a championship. And won him, it won the championship. He 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 threw the flag. Ken's y'all name so long. He threw he throws a flag. He wins. It was pass interference. They score and win the Great Cup. Anyways, to wrap this uh, discussion up before we go to break, um, I'm not going to have you guys here probably next Sunday. So uh, give me your uh, give me your predictions for the Rams and the Patriots. I'll give I it like the Rams. Why? I I I think the Rams defense is going to throw is going to. Cut down Brady as much as I know you don't bet against Brady. But I'll also put another prediction in. Make sure New England doesn't get the last chance of, of drive. <laughs> Keep him away. I like the Rams. I, I What's the current line? I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know what the line is. Normally it's three or, you know. Yeah. It's, three Patriots or Rams? Get, Patriots. Normally Patriots. doesn't get wow. away from them. I think the Rams are, are a very good football team. Um, I, I think they win by ten points. I just think they're different. I think they survived New Orleans. I think New Orleans was a tough matchup for them. That has shown all year. But most of the teams who who have to play them really have a tough time. And the fact that um, they were able to pick up this backup running back from New England when New England let him go, he's done an outstanding job. I just think that um, it's the Rams' year. I mean, I just I think they'll be motivated. People say they don't belong there. And I think they'll go in there with that chip on their shoulder into Atlanta and uh, hopefully band together and, and beat New England. Since I'm here next Sunday, I'll save my prediction till next Sunday. But I right. bet I've uh, I predicted against the Patriots two two games in a row, and uh, I'm I sort of agree with you guys. I see the Rams as a, as a better team, better a good uh, a good defensive front four. Probably will get the requisite amount of pressure that you need to get on Brady to, to beat the Pats, but uh, we'll analyze it fully next week. Wally, just remember, Belichick's got two weeks to prepare for this <laughs> offense. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have that discussion. Anyways, uh, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that, unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Peterville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues. Price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. 
This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. In studio with me this morning, Butch Carter and Lou Franceschetti. Gentlemen, we've got about seven minutes left. Uh, another uh, another big topic uh, this week. Uh, I wouldn't say it's controversial, but uh, raised a few eyebrows. Let's put it that way. Uh, Roy Halliday went into the baseball. And congratulations to uh, Roy Halliday and Mariano Rivera and Edgar Martinez and Mike Musina. Did I miss anybody? I think I got them all. Uh, we have loved to see Larry Walker in there. We talked about it last Sunday, but uh, he made a big run up. Hopefully next year he makes it. Um, Two of the two of the inductees have chosen not to uh, wear um, an emblem an emblematic cap going into the Hall of Fame. In the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, normally the player will choose uh, which team he uh, is going to put on his cap. Uh, of course, Rivera Mariano is obviously going in as a New York Yankee. Edgar Martinez going in as a Seattle Mariner. Mike Mussina split his career between the Yankees and the Orioles and um, chosen not to wear that emblem. Uh, I think I was surprised uh, that uh, Roy Halliday, um, and, and I'm not, and not going to be critical, um, his wife is entitled to do as she wishes. It's her wishes. Ultimately, the Hall of Fame does have a veto. Uh, they can impose... It's it's a rule they came in in 2000 that they if they can disregard the players' wishes and they did that in the case of Gary Carter, I believe, and in also in the case of Andre Dawson, uh, who did not want to go in as Montreal Expos and the Baseball Hall of Fame required them to go in as so ultimately the Hall of Fame has the ultimate say. They're respecting uh, Mr. Halliday's wife. I'm not going to quibble with that. It's a very difficult time for the family. They're still grieving. It's their wishes. Blue Jays fans, uh, I think, were probably a little bit surprised. In my mind, in my mind, Roy Halliday was a Blue Jay. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him go into the hall with a Blue Jays cap, fully being cognizant and respecting the wishes of his wife. Gentlemen, uh, your thoughts on that? Stop being so soft. Well, Walter, I, you know, I'm, I'm a nice guy, Butch. Roy, Roy, Hall, <laughs> Roy, Roy Holiday is a Blue Jay. And whatever has gone wrong that that's not happening needs to get fixed. It, I mean, it, interesting part, and um, the reports, obviously I rely upon what I, what I read online and what I read in the press, Roy Halliday was quoted in 2016, or just I guess shortly before he passed, that 
if he was going to go into the Hall of Fame, he was going to go in as a Toronto Blue Jay. He also retired a Toronto Blue Jay. They went through that yep. ceremony of signing that one-day contract. Yep. I've got to think that Roy Halladay would not have gone on the record as saying that or would not have signed a one-day contract with the Toronto Blue Jays um, unless, i got to think, and you know, I don't want to get into judging how his wife feels about it, but impression I got is that Roy Halladay wanted to go in as a Toronto Blue Jay. What happened, Butch? Well, I mean, um, things happen, uh, but at the end of the day, this is a consistent problem. This is my opinion, right? Consistent problem where you have the American families come to Canada. They don't adjust, don't like Canada. I hope that had nothing to do with this choice on. Why don't they like Canada, Butch? You you be, went through the process. Be, you're because, an Amer- you you're an, you you're you're an American. I I don't know. You know, I'm not going to get do into. Do I need to tell you about vanity and with Donald Trump as our president? <laughs> Americans are very vain. Not all and of them. Come on. Not not all. Not of them. all of them. But Americans, rich Americans, are very vain. Okay, and that's that's an incredible generalization. But follow through with your argument. All right, now you're being a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to be fair, Butch. In, but in, I, in, you know, I opinion, respect your opinion. In, in so my, let you, me hear your argument. You, you get people who come from a tough environment, minor leagues. All the risk that goes with being, you know, an NHL player, an NBA player, a Major League Baseball player, and. All of a sudden, they're going to make it. They get a guaranteed contract. They can spend some money. And now you're in a foreign country. The money's different. The food's different. The is cable, it really that different? The money's definitely different. Well, forget about the money. Is, is Canada Assume. really that? Did you feel a cultural shock when you came to Canada? Like, no. when I go to the States, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't hang around Alabama or Mississippi or Louisiana, but... You know, most of the places I go into the States, I don't feel like I'm in a really strange country unless I see somebody wearing a gun as they're walking in a shopping mall. That's the only time I feel like I'm in a strange country. But unless it's conceal and carry, you my, know, I mean. My, my personal opinion is that the family struggle. And let me give you an example. How many Americans have stayed that played for the Raptors? Very few. How many Americans have stayed that played for the Blue Jays? Very few. Right? I mean... Nobody. You stayed. I'm the only one. Why'd you stay? Let me ask you. Are you you know, you obviously you raised a family here. Yeah, but the for, for me, it's it's a place of peace. I don't have to go... I don't have to go and walk in the store and... I don't want to be the former NBA player, the former NBA coach. Well, right? Let, me, let me ask you a really blunt question. And yep. this is one thing I've never understood in... You know, except everything you're saying, Butch. Um... Did you find, as a black athlete and a black coach, uh, do you find less racism in Toronto or Canada than you find in the United States? So, you know, again, one of the, you know, days I grew up as a young person was the day my mother was crying about Martin Luther King. I'll be quick with this. And so you go through that and you, you... Sorry, I just... One minute, Okay, coach. all right. You, you go through that. At the end of the day, when I came to Toronto... Uh, security at the at the hotel came to my room. So there's what's the commotion? I was jumping up and down on the bed. What was I jumping? Up? I finally realized I'd been lied to my whole life. That 
white and black people could get along, people of different colors and, and nationalities and backgrounds. And, and that's why Canada's home for me. And why don't other American black athletes see it that way? Because I was making a decision for myself. I'm not, I wasn't making a decision where, you know, someone else was influenced me. I wasn't married at the time. And uh, I had custody of my boys, so, you know, I knew they were going back to be educated in the States. But for me, Canada's just been a good fit. On that uh, incredibly positive note, unfortunately, uh, Lou, I've got to wrap it up. I'd love to turn it over to you, but uh, I'm getting the cut signal from the producer, so if I don't shut up real fast, he's going to cut me off. Anyways, Butch, Lou, thanks for joining me. Naz, we'll see you next Sunday. Uh, And to all our listeners, have a safe and healthy week. The roads are bad. Be careful out there.